Hey, what's going on, everybody? What is happening? Welcome to Burnt Offerings. Yeah, we are once again here at the Rex Water, doing the damn thing, drinking some domestic pilsners, and man, are they good tonight. Yeah, yeah, nowhere around me has hams anymore, and it's kind of bumming me out. Well, fresh choice by my house, stock full of hams, 30 bucks, $14.99. I don't drink hams right now. Because I'm doing like a, trying to count carbs and shit. You're doing a cleanse? Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> light beer and claws, you know, mixed in here and there. So I'm not just like dumping fucking loaves of bread down my throat when I decide I want to drink a chip. But yeah. So we can we can do a hams uh, thing here soon if you want to. I'm down with that. Two stores I used to have, uh, well, honestly, the only the one store by me had it. Now they get like 130 rack. Never got anything else. And then I'm like, okay, well, Black Label, they get like 124 and nothing else. Oh, that's So if, if I'm not like one of the first people there, it's just gone. That sucks. Like yeah. on delivery day, I got to like wait outside. <laughs> yeah. Like fucking the old school Sam Goody days when the fucking album was going to drop at midnight. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but don't get me wrong. I love hams. Like, the tape I, I want's right in that store. Yeah, I can see it through the window right now. Just let me in. <laughs> Ten bucks, I get it for you. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> All right, so we're back. Uh, and I just wanted to say, I hope you guys liked that last episode that was like our sequel episode. Uh, we, we dug out some sequels that That just went on forever. It was fun, though. I, I fucking, didn't mind it. Yeah, you know what I mean? I had a blast. I mean, when the fuck else am I going to have the platform to talk about Mannequin 2 on the move, right? You know? <coughs> but, uh... We can carve out a segment called Steve Talks About Mannequin 2, and each one you can just come up with a new point that you want to make about Mannequin 2. Okay. Well, I know Jonathan Silverman's in it, Christy Swanson. It was, uh, Hollywood returned. But, uh, okay, so I just want to say that I am feeling surprisingly agile and alert and awake considering I went kayaking today in the sun uh I did take a nap uh but I did have that was pretty cool dude I kind of want to do that again and when I got home Pluto TV was doing an American Ninja marathon literally so I walked in right at the beginning of two but they did one through four hell yeah that was pretty cool uh Canon Films really had the fucking stranglehold on the good action movies back then so I watched most of two fell asleep woke up at the end of three and watched four before I made my way over here to do this episode so hells yeah um what's up man what's going on nothing uh this episode we're going to talk about night school yeah which is awesome uh I thought honestly we had already done it but we didn't so that bonus no I I always get some movies confused because when we first started we just started like grabbing handfuls of movies and throwing them in episodes yeah so i'm like well did we cover that for like a 10 minute span i don't know yeah yeah we did uh now i when you mentioned that we did final exam years ago yeah and compared it to night school but we didn't actually do an episode on night school no and just a heads up, I think at one point we're going to dissect those episodes because in the beginning we were doing like three movies per episode. Yeah, we'll we probably didn't know what get the to, fuck we were doing. That's going to be like when I don't feel like picking a movie to do. I'm just going to go back to one of those and be like, well, let's just talk about this one. Oh, I'm telling you, man. 
like going, you know, they need a proper full its own episode. Something. There's a few. There's a few. But yeah, so it's, uh, this one talking about the uh, 1981 slasher slash American Giallo film Night School. Um, I guess uh, initially, what are your thoughts on this movie? Uh, for, okay, this movie. I seen it probably five or six years ago for the first time on retro slashers. I didn't think much of it. Didn't think it had much of an identity, kind of like a final exam. But you know me. Uh, Run-of-the-mill slashers are like pizza. Give me the worst pizza out there, it's still okay. Yeah. I went back and watched it for this episode, and I'm not going to say it's like tipping scales or nothing, but it's it's a fucking great movie. The end, like, I like it, to answer your question. It's fucking great, man. I really dig it. Uh, you can't go into this movie thinking... Go into this movie less thinking American 80s slasher. You're not going to get the body counts. You're not going to get the gore. Nope. Go into it more thinking an American giallo. And you should probably have a better time with this movie. I can't agree with you more on that. <laughs> you were stopping there. I'm like, all well, right. Well, no, because, I mean, you're right. Because if you go into it thinking slasher, dude, it's it's a little underwhelming. Or, you know, because you're looking for body count, gore. It's all about shots, and it's all about a lot of different things than it is. This movie's shot fucking beautifully. Which I'm going to get into because I'm later. Yeah, it's it's a uh, this movie's the the setups, the cameras, everything is fucking amazingly there's shot. There's a reason for that and there's someone behind that that's responsible for that. Mhm. I read something before I, I I came over here that compared the visual setting of this movie throughout the whole thing as almost like an ember like a Jack the Ripper London town without the fog. It has this like ambient look to it yeah they make it's shot in boston it's filmed in boston um it, but if you were to swap the fucking thick boston accents on a lot of those people in this movie and give them like or just don't even swap them just overdub it like you would a fucking italian film mm -hmm. you would think this was a european movie yeah it just it, it's boston but it has a very like european look very very much so from from start and just the shots when they're downtown with all the traffic and like, like at the beginning and shit. Yeah, yeah. for sure, absolutely. Um, this movie was a video nasty. Mm -hmm. I just want to put that it was on a list of movies to be burned and never seen by anybody. Yeah, <laughs> which is fucking ignorant. So <laughs> I just wanted to anyone that knows what video nasties are, if you don't Google that shit, it was fucking absurd. Under the title Terrorize. Yeah. Uh, terror eyes e i e y e s yeah yeah not terrorize like terrorizer the band like terror eyes uh, that was the UK title mm -hmm. so do you know okay so movie directed by Ken Hughes mm -hmm. pretty much why it looks the way it does too but you that motherfucker so the dude who directed this directed Chitty Chitty Bang Bang correct what? That is just mind blowing. I know it was a. Everyone knows Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, the children's. Yeah, a little Disney children. There's like a car. Yeah, some shit. They uh, sang it in 
Ace Ventura 2. Yeah. I, I stay away from that movie, but yeah, they just did. going through the fucking jungle. Yeah, just fucking out of hand. Um, I seen that, and I seen the only other thing that was noteworthy that he did prior to this was Dial M for Murder. He was a writer mm-hmm. for the production of that. Or something else. I can't remember what it was, though. Which he was trying to, like, rewrite the El- the Alfred Hitchcock Dial M for Murder in the 70s. This was his last movie. It was. And what didn't he get it by default? Like, someone else was given the... I think it was offered to somebody else. And he took it, and it ended up being his last movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he did a fucking really good job on this movie. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it. Uh, so like, so Rachel Ward, right? This launched her career. Yeah, the main star in the movie. Um, the uh, the noteworthy works that she did after this was the Final Terror, and she also was in uh, Against All Odds that had the. Uh, Banging Phil Collins uh, song, yeah. So uh, I think this was her. This was actually her first movie. It was her first anything. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, I've seen people say that her acting in this is pretty wooden, uh, but I say taking into account it being her first, mm-hmm. like she didn't. It's not like this was her first major one, and she had a few things. This was her first fucking thing. Yeah, I think it was pretty solid. Absolutely. I think it kind of actually plays with the character because um especially in the part where um she comes at the end and her dude that her the guy she's dating mm-hmm. she kind of explains to her why she did the thing she did and that if he keeps doing what he does then she's going to have to keep doing what she did and that's only logical. Her acting isn't great, but the way it's delivered there it almost adds to like this bitch is fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> But it's but you can't really like hate her for it. No, it's in because he's a, a noble, fucking piece of shit. Absolutely, but she's a, she's doing it for a noble. And then, and then yeah, in her mind, it's it's for the family. Yeah, for you, me, and the baby. Yeah, it, and they were really big into that. Um, what what was that? That was the. Uh, the tribe. Oh, the whole tribe yeah, with um, like, yeah, cutting off the head and putting it in water to Tradition, cleanse the soul. Yeah, they, he was teaching that, mm-hmm. and she was just following the template of how they did things in modern times. So it was kind of like human nature was the motivation behind what she was doing. And at the end, when her wooden so-called acting, it almost seemed totally organic the way she like delivered those lines she's like they're gonna come in here they're gonna fucking kill me and that yeah. means that this is gonna happen I wanna get into the end cause it's the, the end just is awesome for this movie like I love it man yeah absolutely um, Leonard Mann is in this movie mm-hmm. too and he was in Silent Night Deadly Night 3 mm-hmm. with Bill Mosley and uh, yeah Leonard Mann was a detective right yeah, he was the main detective, yeah. yeah. And they also compared the police procedures with that of Jalo movies. Like the detective work and how they went about their business. It was almost like a like building clues and like, you know, um it kinda cool. Like had that old school like seventies. Well, yeah, it's definitely like a who done it. Yeah, but in order for that to work, the detective has to be 
has to deliver too. It has to be a believable, like he's fucking hot on the case kind of thing, because that's what those yellow books like. All the fucking has to. You need good writing for a lot of that. You you need to have it be believable. You need to have it. You can't just have it be fucking fumbling around. No, and that's one of the biggest selling points for pieces, which is one of my favorite fucking films of all time. Is even though it's badly dubbed, the police procedurings is half the fucking movie. It's it's you're building a puzzle. Uh, I didn't mean to say it like that, but like you're getting pieces and clues and shit, and there's so many fucking red herrings that in your mind, if you've never seen it, you're like, you're just going by what the detectives are fucking. And then they even get all the cast in that one shot when the lightning hits, and he's just looking at him like one of these motherfuckers is the killer, and you don't know, you don't know, so you're just going by like C Lab 2020 guy. Uh, fucking see left twenty twenty. Uh, fucking Christopher George's dialogue and the young kid, dude. You said badly dubbed and made me think like uh, I'm so used to and I've been used to for fucking ever watching like Italian movies like dubbed over. That just just like second nature to me. It has no effect or bearing on my view of the movie. That I forget that there are people who that is jarring to them. Like they don't. They don't understand that. They don't get why the fuck people like that. They just take them totally out of the fucking movie, and that's all they know is that this is fucking dubbed and it's horrible. Why the fuck do everybody like these movies? Yeah, and they're willing to risk completely shelving and never experiencing a great movie due to bad dubbing. It's just, I don't even notice it. I don't either, honestly. But I grew up on the, like, 70s uh, kung fu movies, and that, that's about as bad as it gets. But the kung fu sequences were the movie. You didn't watch it for the dialogue. You watched it for the ass kicking. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You know? But, like, it carried over into horror. And by that time, I was so desensitized to overdubbing. As long as I can hear what the fuck they're saying, I don't need subtitles with the overdubbing. I just, like you said, yeah, it's just not even a thing, dude. It's right. sad to think that people would, like, just completely discard a movie for that. But there is a whole generation of people that can't do black and white. Can't do dub, can't do dubbing, can't do subtitles. It's like, fuck, you're missing out, dude. Like, yeah, you're getting like slim pickings on shit that really check out, and you're only be able, only able to go back so far. Right. Like, if you're against all of those things, if you can't do any of those things, you really can't go back that far. Yeah, you're missing <laughs> like, out on all the good movies. So much good shit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, all around, like, uh, it, this movie's fucking solid. Um, that fucking score. Yeah. Brad Fidel score, man. It's pretty damn good, man. I dig it a lot. And I never realized how much, how many movies this dude composed, like what he's composed. Just Before Dawn. Yeah. Terminator and T2. Uh, Midnight Hour. Um, True Lies. Oh, nice. Like he's he's composed, I think, over like a hundred under movies. That's okay. So that's why that's that's really cool because you went you went down that avenue. I went with cinematographer. Completely discarded. I like the score. I didn't even look that up. Oh, the cinematography in this movie is amazing. Because of the cinematographer. I don't know who it is. I got you. I got you on this one. Before before. I, you gotta hear this. This is great, dude. Drew Snyder. Okay. The main professor that's sleeping with all the co-eds. Yeah. 
Fucking Death Wish 2. Oh, yeah, that motherfucker's been in War Games, everything. Commando. Yeah. Universal Soldier. I mean, fuck, dude. I mean, I, dude, he's been in fucking everything, man. Um, but the cinematographer was, was Mark Irwin. He won four awards early in his career. He Before this, he did The Brood. And all he's ever done is cinematography. That's it. No, nothing else. Before this, he did Funeral Home. The same year as this, he did Scanners. And then after this, he did Videodrome, The Dead Zone, The Protector, which is an awesome Jackie Chan movie, The Fly, The Blob. And I'm stopping there because there's a fucking list. It goes on to like the 90s and the 2000s of... Cronenberg must have liked this guy. Yeah, no, he, he all the awards he won was Cronenberg, except for uh, the one was The Dead Zone. Yeah. He won it for that, too. And they were like best cinematography, like the highest accolade you can get in that field. So. That's the thing. Okay, so take this movie which we both agree is shot beautifully. Mm-hmm. Change that aspect. Go with a very run-of-the-mill cinematographer. Just does, like, the basic shots. Like, okay, you want this type of shot. Okay, here it is. With a movie like this, it could have a tendency to just change the entire feel of that fucking picture. Absolutely. Someone said that the movie was not their cup of tea, and it wasn't really that good, but because Mark Irwin's cinematography... It was visually pleasing enough to sit through the film, and they actually kind of enjoyed it because of that, because of the way it was shot. It was so artfully and, like, beautifully shot that it's like, even if the movie's kind of, like, not my thing, like, if you focus in on cinematography, that's your, what you're critiquing, you're like, this is fucking great. This could be anything. If it's shot, anything could be shot like this, and it's fucking amazing. Fuck, well, the cinematographer's basically, the reason you're looking at a thing the way you're looking at it. Yeah. So if he's going to do it in an interesting way, you're going to be more, like, drawn into the movie. Yeah. If he does it in a very plain, fucking boring way, if everything else is kind of subpar, that's going to shine like a goddamn beacon. You're Oh, you're right. But think about the very opening scene and how that was shot with the merry-go-round. Mm-hmm. The cutaways, I mean, and then the score mixed in. That opening sequence is so fucking good, dude. It's super yeah. creepy. Yeah. It's super creepy. It's super good, dude. Um, this is one where you have that, that grimy feel of Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome cinematography. Um, they don't really show... There's no real gore in this movie. And it's one of those things where if they would have added a little bit more, I think it would have elevated this movie a little bit. Like it, I, I like the movie a lot. I do too. But I think if they added that other that factor, it would have definitely played to uh, more fans of just gore, more more slasher fans, more fans coming into it looking at it as a slasher, which is marketed as a fucking slasher, and it would have delivered on that level. Yeah, and if they would have overdid the gore, it would have killed the movie. Yeah, this this is one where yeah you didn't need to go over the top with it. It has like an awesome fucking giallo feel to it, so you don't need to go fucking over the top like uh, like pieces level with it. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, just a little bit more, I think, would have definitely helped it. Yeah, probably would have definitely helped it with the way people viewed this movie. The cult following probably would have been a little bigger. But you know what? The one, the one actual it's not even gore because you don't see shit 
but like my favorite scene, my whole favorite sequence in the whole movie is is the waitress. Yeah. The whole, the beginning, middle, one. and end of that whole how that whole thing goes down is incredible. Because it you like the way it's presented is to where you don't know. The next day, when the construction workers come in and they want beef stew and shit, like you, the, what? You know that she's dead because you've seen the killer kill and carry the head in, but you—they don't let you know a fucking thing. And he just soups on, dude. It's pretty much that whole scene, that whole thing after the death, and they come in the morning. Is basically okay. Where's the head? The head somewhere. Yeah. Where's this head? And you think it's in the stew. And then he pulls the hair, so you think when they're dumping out the stew, it's just going to be a head. Nope. They, they fucking let that drag out because they, you already know what's up. You already know the score. You know there's a head somewhere. It was in the bucket before, and it's going to be somewhere. And they <laughs> do so many things. Like, it's in the stew. Nope. He opens up the fucking freezers, all that fucking meat, but no head. Like, dude, where the fuck's his head? And then finally the fucking sink. Yeah. He's like, dude, this is draining really slow. Yeah, and then it has that the beyond, where mm-hmm. it like surfaces the fucking head, the yeah. face, and sh- oh, it's but it's so <clears throat> slow that you're like, you have to wait for it to be a distinguishable face and head in order to understand why he had hair in his stew, why the sink's not draining, and now you know she was decapitated and put in the fucking yeah. So it's like. Holy shit! Like that whole scene is my favorite of the whole. Even her kill, when she's against the wall and she's just like getting fucking cut the fuck up with her like arm up. Like, yeah. What do you do? Die. That's about all you can fucking do is just die. I mean, you can try to block that curved ass knife all you want, but you're you're dead. Like, <clears throat> I have two scenes in this movie that I hold up on my top for two different reasons. <clears throat> the one is. Uh, the girl who gets killed in the shower just the contrast of the white walls and then the blood getting smeared up against the walls mm-hmm. definitely gave me a uh, it's it's basically like Tenenbrow that one scene where it's just the white wall and the chick's arm gets cut off and oh yeah you get that visceral feel to it yeah loved it the other one I like because it's just so fucking violent and you don't see anything uh, it's the, the last one where walks into the bedroom, like shuts the door, and you just hear the fucking fighting. And then she opens the door, gets pulled back, and then you just you see the knife just come barreling through the door, like Dude. aggressive as fuck. Like you don't see shit. No, but you you could just tell it's so violent. But see that that scene you're talking with the bedroom, mm-hmm. the the camera angle. When just she the walks, door, just the doorway, and she's against the wall. It's like and you low just and see centered. the door close, yeah. And you're like, the killer was behind the door and closed the door, and then you just hear fucking a massacre. It's so cool, dude. That's a, that's Jalo as fuck. That's like anticipation. You don't see it coming, and then when the door's closing, you just she's not. Once she's out of sight, you just hear fucking the most horrific like shit happening in that room behind a closed door it's so cool dude that's so awesome yeah but yeah this movie's fucking cool dude and i'm really glad that you chose this as like the movie to do because this is my wheelhouse dude that 81 ish Mm -hmm. slasher i mean it could be like a 
subpar slasher. I'll, I love that shit, yeah. But, you know, the fact that it's mixed with a little bit of uh, American Jallo and, you know, the people involved, that's great, dude. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, a fucking <clears throat> quick mention of the happy or uh, April Fool's Day-esque very end. Yeah, the ending actually is, I thought was just excelled. Well, because it, but it, it, yeah, I guess April Fool's Day, but like, you got to think, the end, the very, very end of this movie, like the last scene before credits, was that original Friday the 13th last jump scare, holy shit, credits roll. That's what it was intended to be, yeah. It was kind of that mixed with, that's why I'm saying like April Fool's Day, because it's totally like April Fool's Day. Well, they're laughing and shit. I you mean, think you think it's going to be something happening, and you realize it's like, ha ha, gotcha. Yeah, I guess. Okay. You think it was a headhunter? Yeah. Would you expect a headhunter? Yeah, that's fucking. <laughs> but no, leading up to that, it's cool because at the funeral. Yeah. The detective knows, so I'm think so. I'm thinking like, she's gonna kill this motherfucker because he knows that she killed all those people. Mm-hmm. Like the ceremony's over, right? She's like, "Yep." He's like, "I hope so." But. I know that you killed these people, and it's fucked up. The biggest piece of shit in the movie did the most noble thing, or or he just didn't want to get married. He's like, I'd rather die than get married and have a fucking kid. Like, <laughs> this is my way. I'm going out on a fucking dirt bike with a fucking you know what I mean? Like, and then the, the fucking detective gets in the car and that the in full costume, the killer pops up in the back seat. I'm like, <laughs> and it's his homie like. Would you expect a head on her? And then the laughing goes like well into the credits. They're just <laughs> like, fuck off. <laughs> but one thing that is obvious about this movie, I don't think we mentioned, is how cool the killer looks. How cool the knife is. Fuck yeah, dude. Full black leather clad, black uh, full helmet with a flipped up visor, which is also black black tinted out. Yeah, blacked out. Um Rocking a fucking what is it a kukri knife? I think is what they were called. Yeah, it's the curved, curved forward. The, the, the fucking curved blade knives on a, on a motorcycle. On fucking point. Yeah, the only thing that sucks is it's. It'd be cooler if it was like an actual motorcycle. It's a fucking like red and white dirt bike. Yeah, it's a dirt bike, but it's still kind of cool. Could have been rocking an old fucking uh, Honda or a Triumph or something. Oh, fuck, a Triumph would be sick. <laughs> that would be cool. That, those Could have put him on a Vespa. A Vespa. Beep, beep. Yeah. I will take you to foggy London town where we will have a wheel of cheese. Anyway. <laughs> 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 uh, so, yeah, that's, that's fucking night school, guys. Um, I would check it out. I'm fucking 98% sure that it's on YouTube for free under, like, I think it's on YouTube if it hasn't been yanked. The movie didn't get an official oh, yeah, might be. I can't remember. DVD release until 2011. And then its Blu-ray was like 2017. Yeah, who released that when it finally got like... I don't remember. Maybe Arrow. I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember who did the, uh, the disc version. Oh, uh, Warner did the DVD in 11. Okay. Warner Enterprise. It was like some subsidy of Warner and then the 
the Blu-ray. I don't know who did that. It was probably one of the or what, what was that? Eighty-eight. Who did all the red fi- fucking slashers? Oh, eighty-eight films. Was that Arrow? That was Arrow, right? Eighty-eight films. No, uh, eighty-eight films is their own thing. Oh, that was their own thing. Yeah. So like I remember the Blu-ray had the films, red border around the case. Arrow, and there was Shameless. I think okay. it'd probably be one of those three. More than likely, Arrow or eighty-eight films. If if you think it was, it was by the the one you said that did the slasher collection, all in the red cases. I think that was eighty-eight films. Because it seemed like they were all coming out at that time. The red <laughs> the red case slasher fucking movies. Yeah. Graduation day fucking they were pumping them out like. Dude, like, I buy VHS, and I've actually lately been buying, like, DVDs and Blu-rays more just because shit's getting released, and I'm like, fuck it. But if I was a solely, like, hardcore Blu-ray collector, I'd be poor. I know. Like, shit's just getting... Shit is dropping heavy between Vinegar Syndrome, fucking Severin, Arrow, fucking Cauldron. I'm like, guys, you need to pump the brakes... I can't afford a second mortgage on my house. Yeah, it's uh, well, the price of fucking OG VHS is just scary now. Like, shit's fucking stupid on OG VHS. I'm I just saw somebody selling the Video Treasure Sleepaway Camp for like one sixty, it's or one twenty or something like that, and everybody's like kind of laughing at him, but he made a valid point. He's like, yeah, this isn't. Really wouldn't be worth that, but look at sold listings on eBay right now. It's going for this, which I'm like, I, I get a point, but it's a fucking video shooter tape. It's garbage tape. It is. The quality of the tape is not. Dude, I got the media. That's what people like. They start a discussion. People are like, dude, there's people in here who weren't even born when VHS were still being made, who are now collecting. They don't know video treasures is, is in general not just. It's not like it's a, not a cool company to gr- collect. Their shit is garbage. Like it's just quality wise, it's trash. Yeah, there. I've never had a video treasures tape. I didn't have to fuck with the tracking for five minutes. Missed the beginning of the movie to fucking get it to where it's almost fucking watchable. Video treasures. Good times. Good times. The fucking later era Warner Brother VHS. Like they're light as a feather, mm-hmm. stiff as a board. Like those fuckers. Yeah. Where the reels were huge and the tape was all the way. Oh the yeah, edge. the fucking uh, SP oh. or uh, LP. SP mode. LP mode. That was oh. LP long play. Oh, was it? God. Yeah, like that's a sure sign of this is garbage. There's like 110 different releases of Night of the Living Dead on the cheapest, run of the mill, mom and pop fucking. What blows my mind is Raven what is video it? Was what is terrible it? Too. Yeah. What is it? Uh, Good Times and. Uh, wow, what was the last one we were just talking about? Uh, video Treasure. Good well, Times well, yeah, and Video Treasure got bought by another company and became Anchor Bay. Yes. And Anchor Bay is like hailed as this company that fucking is the reason DVD and Blu-ray companies do the shit that they do. Yeah, I think Anchor Bay, though, at that time, DVD was becoming a thing. They were able to take the money and put out quality VHS. They were doing shit because it was their, still less their shit. Than their fucking DVD. VHS were fucking. They came out with like collector's edition packaging, like those Wide fucking screen. molded clamshells. It was widescreen, which was like never seen before. 
they they were putting extras on VHS, which was unheard of at the time. No one thought about that regard in like the mid to late nineties of fucking like home video shit like that. So they were first to do that, and then basically they started that and already had, laid the groundwork and had their blueprint. So that when DVDs came out, they're like, well, fuck, we could just take what we were doing and do even more. Mm-hmm. And then when all these fucking boutique labels came out, like fucking Vinegar Syndrome, Arrow, and all those like other ones. They're basically taking the blueprint that Anchor Bay laid out and just building off of it and just fucking going that much better. Yeah. I love the Anchor Bay clams of the Argento, Fulci, Bava. That was also cool about them. They fucking didn't release just like, here's that big title you know from this director. It was, here's that big title you know from this director and his other eight movies that you probably haven't seen because they weren't available in America. All uncut, in widescreen, good quality. So now you can see what's going on in the background instead of zoomed in on the face, that the, the talking head in the scene. You're seeing what's going on in the background now. Off the fucking sides. Off the sides, and it's That's like, some weird fucking crap. Yeah, because like, okay, so I got the original zombie wizard slip. Mm-hmm. And to watch that is just... It, I like it because it's it's haggard as fuck. And it's a, it's a coveted tape because it's a wizard, you know. But if you watch it widescreen from a clam or something, like way better like when that main zombie from all the shirts and the cover of the, yeah. the when that comes out that's all it fills your whole TV up is just his face on the widescreen you see like the dirt lift on the sides of him and like the whole cemetery behind him and then when the chick gets her throat you don't you see the fucking woods behind her it's fucking like yeah, so Anchor Bay was the first ones to be like, nah, there's there's more there's more going on in this. Uh, you just gotta like change the ratio of the camera shot and like shrink it down and then stretch it sideways. Like, well, it's basically getting the the negatives, yeah, getting the film the way it was shot, which most of them were shot on what sixteen millimeter, thirty five, thirty five. Because first Evil Dead was like sixteen, wasn't it? I the original Evil Dead, I think, was originally shot. I believe shown. it was. I honestly can't remember. And then they converted it later on. They paid, yeah, they fucking uh, paid the extra to get it converted up to 35. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also another shout-out for Anchor Bay, Michigan Company. Fucking oh, which Anchor Bay was Michigan Company. Yeah. Synapse, Michigan Company. Synapse. Massacre Video. Started in Michigan, mm-hmm. ran most of its time in Michigan. Now it's California. Yeah, but fuck yeah, man. What what is it with Michigan? Michigan rules, one uh, percent of the time, and we are speaking of that one percent. <laughs> no, uh, it's fucking Detroit, man. What the fuck, dude? Like this is like Alice Cooper's from here. Well, no, music wise, I get it, hundred percent. Yeah, makes but total the, sense. But, but where the fuck's like the, the whole like like. In, we have movie, the worst movie distribution country, company. Though. I want <laughs> for being the home. I never want to talk shit on Ma- on Motor City Nightmares. I don't either, but let's do I, it. It's gonna it's <laughs> it's gonna have its day. One day it's gonna have its day. Yeah, we're gonna have people from like fucking Seattle 
like at Motor City, we're gonna be like, dude, this is actually a decent one. And it's like, yeah, we drove here from Seattle. It was like a three day drive. What? They've the had. Fuck? See, the thing is, they've had decent guests and they've had good panels, but their setup's been like amateur at best, I guess. Yeah. You could say. And they need to start going to, I guess, other. I mean, go to other conventions, see how they do shit, talk to people who run other the bigger conventions, and figure out how they do shit. Yeah. Something. The one with the Return of the Living Dead reunion was just that panel. Yeah, that was solid. Might have been one of the best experiences I've had at a convention, but the the rest of the convention as a whole that weekend was just friends. See, that's the thing that sucks is it happens. Hanging out with friends and getting it's, drunk. I mean, what do you, you know? It's such not a good convention yeah. that even our friends who live here only go Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And by that time, we're partied the fuck out. We've been living on pizza and beer for like 68 hours. We show up Friday night, get a hotel room, even though we live like 20 minutes away. Like, fuck it. Leave Saturday, and then I see them posting pictures on like Sunday afternoon, like, checked out Motor City Nightmares. I'm like, dude, where the fuck were you guys? Like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. As we're getting ready to, as we're packing the car and shit to leave. <laughs> But oh, yeah, I mean, where are you guys going? Like, where the fuck have you been? It's not where we going. It's where have you been, dude? But I, I honestly get it because half of them are, um, don't go to any other convention ever, and the other half only go to Cinema Wasteland. Very true. So that means the only reason they even fucking came out the Motor City Nightmares is because they live so close to it. Yeah. Yeah, there's people that only go to Cinema Wasteland, dude. Mm-hmm. It's like they're only, you know. But yep. So there's that. Um, Dude, I am so fucking stoked to talk about, like, four bands. They're all old. Do it up. Okay, so for the last week, I mean this, and these have all been headphoned. Mm -hmm. I haven't listened to anything but my headphones for a week. Nemesis. This was the band before Candlemass. Okay. They put out one EP. Tales of Creation. Half of those songs were actually carried over onto the debut Candlemas album. They changed their name from Nemesis because there was another band named Nemesis that was going to sue them if they didn't change their name. Then they became Candlemas, and the EP is, or the demo, I, I apologize, is pretty rough sounding, but it's fucking amazing. It's fucking amazing. It's like they didn't even listen. They didn't even know what doom metal was until they started doing Candlemas shit. They were into Anvil. They were into faster stuff and new album. So it's like this weird, like, doomy rips meets, like, early 80s Anvil and new album stuff. It's a weird mesh-up. And then they completely changed with Candlemas and went, like, doom metal. Nemesis. Solitude Eternus. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've probably heard of them. Their 92 album, Beyond the Crimson Horizon. Yeah. Okay. Very good stuff, man. Very good stuff. And I, ironically, the singer of that band sang for Candlemas from 07 to 2012. And now I think the original singer's back in the band. The first four Trouble albums hang a star yeah. on all of them. I'm pretty much <laughs> just it's Trouble from here on out. You sent me... A song and I can't remember which one it was, but it totally had a Pink Floyd vibe to it. 
Yeah, that was like supposed to be a ballad. I I I gathered that because it's kind of ballady for like the first minute and a half, mm-hmm. and then it kicks into something that because that's trouble that I never listened to. I never heard that trouble, so I didn't expect it to get to the we're gonna say the pace that it got to. Right. But I was like, man, there's something this like fucking Pink Floyd sounding. Like, what is going on? It's very odd, right? That album, out of the four that I've been listening to, I would say has the most light calories on it. But that was supposed to be there. It was 1990. It was their self-titled. They made. They had four singles and four music videos. So basically, that's their like. Well, we need a payday here. We've been like on the road for fucking since the middle 80s. We're not getting like. Let's do a ballad. Let's do. They were trying to follow the blueprint of all the other bands that they were avoiding being. They're like fuck it, and then the album after that, they just like went back to Psalm Nine is like the best Trouble album of all time. So uh, that album is kind of weird. I have to be in like a weird mood for it, but I've been in that weird mood for a week, so it, it's definitely like cool, but. Yeah, that was shit. You, you, the the two you sent me were trouble that I never listened to. That it's, that's all the same R.I.P. Album. Yeah. yeah, I had a feeling because it sounded similar, uh, but honestly, that R.I.P. song wasn't bad. No, in the first, the opening track on that album, uh, "The End of My Days," it's got this cowbell poppy Sabbathy kind of thing going on, but it was like it's catchy as fuck. But that it's completely different from like other trouble. Other troubles like metal mixed with like doomy riffs kind of shit yeah like the skull and uh run to the light the first two albums really good stuff man essential essential but like that one i think they were trying to make a couple bucks like to you know maybe not that in they you can tell that they kind of just like pumped that record out like let's make some music videos maybe do a ballad like but that's not trouble man and then the the album after that they really fucking like went back to which is my favorite, but yeah, two two more bands. One band that I really want to listen to with you for sure, a United States band called Revelation. They put out three demos in '87. The first one is almost not listenable. It's made. It's so badly recorded. It's so bad. They're from Baltimore. The other two demos are fucking incredible. Uh, Terminal Destiny. I think it, the running time's 20 minutes and there's three tracks on it. And then the other one is Images of Darkness. All three of these demos came out in 87 and are just in obscurity now. So, um, dude, you would fucking love those demos. Even what? in their bad, like, recording. What does it sound like? Um, how do I fucking... It sounds like the beginning blueprints of doom metal and with some new album in there. It's like that kind of a mix, I guess. It's fucking awesome, dude. I I don't really know how else to... Uh, They started the first... The initial name of the band was Panic. Okay. And then they switched to Revelation. And they were one of the few bands that were actually from the U.S. that were attempting a slower style of metal when thrash was just thriving at that time and that's why i've been really getting into this shit because it's like you got to think of when these bands were starting out they were definitely going against the grain no one was listening to slow music in 86 dude rain and blood and master of puppets and fucking speed metal and fucking fast metal and if it wasn't fast it was hair metal and pop metal yeah 
And they're like, no, we're like into like burning candles and fucking wearing cloaks and shit. I, I like it. It's fucking cool. And then finally, winter. Okay. Into darkness. Go. There it is. 1990. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember when that shit was uh, impossible to find and I was digging forever to find it. And I think there was another band called Winter. And you could find that shit more prevalent, but it was a, it was really shitty. And I'm like, nope, I know exactly this isn't it. And it was like a fucking hunt trying to fucking find even recordings by this band. That was years ago. And then I think it finally got re-released. Somebody released it. And yeah. I think fucking Hell's Headbangers actually has it right now. I think they got a repress of something. On vinyl? Yeah. Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah, because the, the, they re-released it within the last 10 years with, with the demos of some of the, like the, the early demos tracks yeah. that were eventually like re-recorded for the full length. Uh, and the early demos really sound like Viking era Bathory without anything but the, the Doom parts. You know, like your uh, Bloodfire Death, like uh, Hammer Heart, when they really get slow and really get like, do- like do- I guess Doomy, but it was considered Viking era Bathory. Winter never left that. Like, there was never any, like, no, it's just all, like, kill yourself, fuck this world, fuck, you know, and, like, that dude meant, like, all of that shit. That album is incredible. It's so good, dude. dude you're, you're, you're all about Hammerheart Air Bathory. That's my favorite, for sure. I go, like, Bloodfire Death, and then, like, the early shit, like, Under the Sign of the Black Mark, and that's, like, in the self-titled... Yeah, something about Hammerheart. I just, I don't know. That's my I, favorite. I couldn't album. get into it. I maybe I need to like try listening to it again because I could never get into it the way I got into like Bloodfire Death. Bloodfire Death is the precursor to Hammerheart. Like when you listen to it, you can tell how they got to Hammerheart. But Bloodfire Death bridges those old albums into what they went, and then in the nineties, Bathory's just wide open. Like there's thrashier kind of. You yeah, know? he kind of was. Fucking grabbing from all his other shit that he did. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, that's that's what I've been jamming. Just that. All that's it. Like that's it. I made a fucking playlist with what I just named off, and I refuse to listen to anything else but what I just named off for fucking like nine days. And I'm that may never change. So I may just download them on my phone and get rid of. All of my fucking shit. That, that's it. That's where... <laughs> Dude, I'll go in weird fucking waves where... Shit, I was at work one day years ago, and for whatever reason, like, Diamonds and Rust was, like, drilled into my head, and I put on uh, both versions. The, jo- the Joan Baez? Joan Baez and the Priest version. Mm-hmm. And put them in a playlist and just put that playlist on loop. I remember. It's literally all this playlist was was that two ver- those two versions, and yeah, I had the, it on loop. But the two ver- the two the, the live version, and then wasn't there a studio version of Diamonds and Rust? I didn't play the studio version. I like the fucking Unleashed in the East version better. I do too. And then the Joan Baez version, and then um, uh, my buddy Will um, from uh, Ohio. He's in um, Meth Lab Explosion. Mm-hmm. I think I posted about it. Like, how many times can I listen to Diamonds and Rust in one sitting? We'll find out. And he, I said both. He's like, you forgot about the third version. He's like, uh, Stormtroopers of Death. 
did a cover of it. The, the two seconds. The song? two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, my uncle thought that was the funniest. Speak English or Die. It's on that album. Mm-hmm. It's like right before Milk or fucking the uh, the Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> Diamonds and Russ. That's track three and four, and then <laughs> the longest song is two minutes, and about it's about him eating cookies and being so thirsty, but not wanting to walk to the fridge to get the milk. It's like a whole like two minute. My uncle's favorite fucking album ever was was Stormtroopers of Death. Speak English or die, and yeah, that's funny. Diamonds and Rust extended version. On that two seconds. Hell yeah! Grind faster. <laughs> What have you been jamming, dude? Uh, not not a lot, honestly. Um, I just, I don't know. I just haven't been listening to much shit. Um, so I was jamming uh, Exit Stance. It's fucking... Uh, wow, I just blanked out there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all the time, dude. <laughs> fucking... Come on in. Enjoy. Enjoy. It's the void, dude. <laughs> okay, so... Listen to the Exit Stance. They're fucking uh, anarcho punk band. They're on um, Murder Record. God damn, I'm blinking on that too. They're on the fucking uh, basically the Conflict record label. Um, listen to their album while Baxter turned. It's fucking just probably one of the most like. I'm not gonna say one of the most because definitely newer stuff, but it's like has a grit to it. There's a fucking like. It's pissed off, like a lot of the fucking anarcho punk is, clearly, but it has like a fucking this like grit to it, and it's super fucking like uh, vegan. Like everybody even says like this is like straight up hundred percent like vegan record, and it, it pretty much is. Really, and it's fucking. I mean, it's that the album's fucking pissed. I've been spinning that quite frequently because it's been a minute since I even listened to any anarcho punk shit. I used to go back into like uh, Pink Indians and some conflict shit, even some of the fucking later crash stuff that got more noisy and was just like spoken word over fucking like just noise. Like anytime I talk to people about crash, they always go to their like earlier stuff that's more music driven and it's kind of like, eh. And I'm like, no, dude, get into like fucking uh, these, like the later albums, like fucking, uh, uh, it's just the shit that got fucking more, almost just like noisy, like noise with spoken word over it. It's fucking amazing. Right on. Um, so yeah, listen to that. Um, kind of to go into that a little bit. Subhumans. Oh, it's been a while, huh? It's been a minute. Yeah. Um, I mean, years. I remember you were doing the Subhumans thing like two or three years ago for a spat there. Dude, fucking Subhumans, like, it's like my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good thing <laughs> to those like might not know. Like when I got into punk and then got into fucking, I found like Anarcho shit and Subhumans and I was like love. Fuck yeah, dude. Miss seeing them. They used to come to Detroit a lot. Fucking uh, Magic Stick, and I think I saw them at Smalls once. Yeah, they used to come here all the time. Like, venues I frequented before me and you were friends, you get the Metro Times, and like every once in a while you'd see the subhumans. I didn't think nothing of it because, but I do remember because they've had that same fucking logo for what, 
35 years. Yeah. Subhumans are here on like Sub-humans. a Thursday. Yeah, yeah, just like Thursday night. And no, there's no other bands on the fucking bill. Like, it's just them. Or there might have been, they just didn't announce them, you know. <laughs> I'm actually trying to think multiple times I've seen them. I don't remember an opening. Like they, I don't there's been, there's been bills, man, like with multiple bands on them, but I don't remember the opening bands. Fuck it, man. I'm still kicking myself for uh, we were supposed to play with Conflict like two years ago. Oh man, how cool would that have fucking been? It would have been amazing. Is that Fulon? Didn't have Yeah, Fulon Devi was supposed to open for Conflict. Man, there was a there was a decision made. I was the one out of the two. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to play it. They they uh, didn't want to play it. For a reason. I mean, it's a it's a good reason. But I was like, guys, I just basically joined this band not too long ago, so this isn't my band. You guys make this decision. Right. That would have been fucking sick, though. Yeah. For, uh, is that fucking um, Marble Bar? I hope that place just gets up and banging. Hopefully. Yeah. We've seen, just real quick, we've seen Pentagram there. And man, that was fucking amazing, wasn't it? I was like, yeah, that was actually a really good show. That was when that was the stage where Bobby was. He stopped being a, a junkie. And oh, was he like, was at the He's gonna be fucking like, good. Now, now Pentagram's gonna fucking climb, and then all of a sudden he turned right back into a piece of shit. <laughs> like it's like four or five months after that, he just yeah. there was like assault charges. I think he beat the fuck out of his mom. Yeah, and he's like sixty, so his mom has to be like eighty. Yeah. God, that was. That was, a, were, that was a window in time, my they friends. They were sick that night, though. <laughs> yeah, it was. No, he they he didn't. He seemed all right that night. Mm-hmm. All the songs were spot on, and Satan Seder is open for him. Yeah, that was a good show, dude. Yeah, that was a banger. I was that was my birthday. It was. That was my on my birthday. I was fucking shit housed. <laughs> we were drinking Dollar Strohs and whiskey all night at a pentagram show. I was fucking lifted. I don't know about you, but fucking my buddy. I was drunker than you on your birthday, dude. My buddy Brian did the fucking. Uh, he uh, silk screened the fucking posters for that show. He was selling them, and I he saw me in the parking lot. He's like, "Dude, I got something for you." He handed me the like poster for it. So I'm like, "Fuck yeah, dude! I get a free free silk screen poster for the pentagram show." I was wasted already. Yeah. <laughs> That was fun, dude. Did we end up somewhere after that? Uh, yeah, Beast in the Field played oh, UFO, yeah, the UFO, and it was free admission with the Pentagram ticket stuff. But I don't even think they were checking for those. No, I don't even care. I think they pretty much could tell. <laughs> it was like quarter after one. I remember eating bags of like better made chips. That's all there That's was. All they had eat. like the like the bags that are smaller than the palm of my hand, like the little twenty five cent bag. They literally pulled the like turned. All the electricity off to the stage at two mid song. I mean, they were like mid song, just all power went out. And I thought, how many times have we seen Beast in the Field? Their power goes out because they blow fuses, they blow. Fu- no, I looked at my phone, it was like two o'clock, and they were like, oh, yeah, we they just said when it's time, they're gonna we're just gonna keep playing until they turn us off. And we didn't, the pentagram show ended super late. Yeah. So by the time everyone got over there, which was a 15, 20 minute window, they only had like about 20 minutes to play and their shortest songs, like 10 minutes. So they played like a song and a half and they, they pulled them. So Dude, that was the uh, that 2019 Acid Witch Halloween show with fucking uh, Bone Hunter. Oh, shit. Yeah. I missed that one, dude. Yeah. You weren't at that one. I wasn't. 
I was Fuck, at the one at the were. precinct. Yeah, yeah. It was fucking uh, Bone Hunter came over. Yeah. Witch Bone Hunter, um, Perversion. Yeah, I missed that whole fucking show, dude. Straight fire of a fucking show. I can but imagine. They turned the lights on. No, you were there for it. No. You were talking about fucking Mike's mask. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was. Okay. Which one am I thinking of that I didn't go I to? The one where know. you had to wear a costume to get in. That was one of the precinct ones, I think. Okay. I, okay, yeah, Bone Hunter uh, went on first, right? I think it was. Uh, I think it was Perversion Bone Hunter. I think they sandwiched Bone Hunter with them being fucking from out of the country. That was at uh, UFO. UFO, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. They turned the fucking lights on on uh, Acid Witch. Yeah. It hit like 2 o'clock and the fucking house lights came on. Yeah, that was like Halloween weekend, man. That I was ripped up at that show. I had a blast at that show. Oh, my God. Everyone was in costumes and shit. Like, Mike's fucking mask was freaking me out and shit. And, like, <laughs> Tim was the devil. <laughs> like, this is awesome. Uh, and Heavy and Beyond was spinning records there, too, man. Dude, I remember. I can't. I don't know what the hell was playing, but Al... Either went to, I think he went to go climb under the table and fucking hit the table and skipped and you hear you just heard the stylus like what? He just like looked over. He's like, "Don't worry, man. It's my record. I don't care if it got scratched." Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Yeah, that was a good night, dude. I forgot Bone Hunter yeah, because they toured with them like the year prior. Yeah, they came. Well, they came and then they acid uh, acid which went over there, toured with them when they acid which did the European run. Yeah, yeah. And then Bonehunter came back and played uh, Hell's Headbangers Head uh, Headbash, whatever it's called. Yep. And they played the fucking precinct before they played there. Yeah. Yeah, that was a uh... all solid dudes. And honestly, dude, if you guys fucking okay, check out Bonehunter. Firstly, yes. If you like metal punk, if you like shit fucker, check out fucking Bonehunter. And also, if you like fucking video games, the dude from Bonehunter is making a fucking Game Boy Color game. He's yeah. got the demo up online right now. He did all the graphics, all the music, everything. I played the demo. It's fucking sick. If you like, just think of like Zelda. It's that type of style. Yeah. Like, it's. Check out fucking Bone Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find the fucking link to the demo if you it's still available. You showed me the, uh, the whole layout for that game. Yeah. I mean, and it I, looks like a straight up, like Nintendo put it out. It's sick. It's fucking it's sick. It's 8 bit. It's 8 bit. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, it's got that like classic, like either Konami or fucking like that old school fucking that's incredible that he did that but the band itself holy fuck dude mm-hmm. Bone Hunter rules yeah they're really good and I'm you know and fucking I got the Super version that night for the first time just want to throw that out there oh yeah they were fucking incredible too uh, let's see Unholy Grave listen to those guys a lot that's a staple dude uh, yeah like I'll go for a while without listening to them and then when I put them on, I'm like, and this is why I consider them one of my favorite bands. Like, I just fucking lose it. Like, it, fucking solid shit, everything about them. Yeah. I'm so limited on what I can hear on Spotify. And I know that sounds super fucking modern and not cool, but all my money goes to tapes. You're, fucking YouTube that shit. Oh, I know. Yeah, I can find it on YouTube, absolutely, but... Fucking build playlists. Their, their uh, extensive collection is out of hand, dude. They have more releases than fucking. Oh my god, man! Dude, them and AG, so yeah. many releases. Yeah, and there's like one on Spotify for AG. <laughs> Canadian ones. That's 
Oh, no, that's uh, Archigathis. Oh, Archigathis, yeah, no, not uh, got a fucking. I think they have one release on Spotify. <laughs> but it's a, it's like a comp. It's like a collection of. It's like the Mince Core fucking like whatever to whatever. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's like thirty tracks on it. Twenty minutes. <laughs> I just throw that on. I'm like, it's good. But yeah. <laughs> and then um. Keep listening to Gloom, people. Because I've been listening to Gloom for months. Gloom. On a very Fuck regular yeah. basis. Fucking Japanese Crasher Crust, man. Cannot get enough. Yeah. Love it. Man, you're going back to some like heavy hitters from the years past. Yeah. Of like well, do Gloom, Unholy Grave, like Anarcho Punk. You're going back to like 2015 Jared, <laughs> and I'm going back to like 2012. I'm listening to classic doom metal and shit. Like before I found modern doom metal, like everything comes full circle, guys. Dude, just if it's noisy and raw, I'll, I'll always go back to if it. If it's slow and low and makes you want to fucking hang yourself with an extension cord, I'm all about it. But the funny thing is, the Trouble albums are Christian, uh, Christian doom. <laughs> yeah, it's all about like. <laughs> but it, it rips. It's so good, man. It's like I could be down with God and still wear a bullet belt. Fuck you. Like, don't kill yourself. Yeah, suicide's a sin. Billy passed the third grade. <laughs> Rock on. <laughs> <laughs> you know the car laugh. <laughs> I stole this shirt from Frank. No, literally. Like, <laughs> another day filled with Nintendos and nudie magazines and fucking you know, and jerk off magazines. Jerk off magazines. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's a hell of a list there of uh, music uh, accolades. I guess is how you'd say it. Many beers in. Whatever you've been jamming, that's some good shit, man. I mean, that's like you can't go wrong with. What you, what you named off, man. It was a fantastic voyage. Yeah. Of sound. Come along with us. Have you been uh, watching anything? Yeah. Um, before I get into, like, just the movies I've been watching, dude, uh, we have to, we have to like, mention the amusement park because we both watched that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What were your thoughts on that, dude? Um, well, firstly, you already know one of my biggest fears. Wow, okay. You don't know any of my biggest fear anymore. I think... One of my biggest fears... I'm just throwing this out here for everybody, and this is weird for me because I haven't said this to anybody. Um, growing old and being alone. Old and alone, maybe getting stuck in a nursing home. That scares the fuck out of me. Yeah. For somebody who doesn't want kids, and kids is like usually the one thing that takes care of you <laughs> when you get that at age. I'm and you're, de- my, you're definitely going to outlive me. I'm setting myself up for my biggest fear. Marlboro Reds, shorts. <laughs> so I'm setting myself up for that, and then watching this with that in mind. Yeah. You have the amusement that a park times. is fucking creepy. It's very creepy. Uh, it's unsettling. And I, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. And then the panel afterwards really was what did it for me. Yeah. So now after watching the panel, I want to go back and watch the amusement park again after the analysis of the panel. Because they kind of like picked it apart and like 
I, I didn't need it explained to me, but there was some shit I overlooked because it's so fucking just... The colors are so vibrant, and you're trying to, like... It's like chaotic piece of fucking cinema that you're like... Yes, uh, you're right, dude. That's That whole concept is pretty fucking scary, but uh, for me personally, spiders are way scarier than dying alone. Like, just... It's not even the dying alone part. It's the getting old to the point where you can't take care of yourself and you have nobody else with you so no one can help you with that. And now you have to go live in a nursing home. And I worked in a facility like that, a very bottom-of-the-barrel facility like that, which put a lot of things into perspective for me. And now I'm even more... like Seriously, that shit scares me. Yeah. Like the, the only reason I even want to have a job that makes a decent amount is so I can have a decent amount for after I like retire and I won't fucking be stuck in a nursing home. Yeah. <laughs> like that's you know, like my that's my end goal is to not deal with that ever. Oh yeah. Well that's what I told you. Like just pay like a fucking nineteen like nineteen year old punk kid to fucking like take care of you. If it comes down to it, what he's not your, your record collection's fire enough, dude. If he like swipes a couple behind your back, what the fuck? You're like old as fuck anyway. Like so, in like fifty to sixty years, they're like, what the fuck's a, what's a record, dude? They're gonna be like, what what is this? There's gonna be a fucking kid that's nineteen years old in fifty to sixty years with a fucking Amoebics t-shirt on that's gonna know what a record is. That shit's never gonna die, dude. Rock and roll forever. <laughs> I'll pull up my Arise album and be like, you see these fucking scratches? This is where me and my buddy Steve are drunk as fuck, and I tried putting a nickel on my stylus so it wouldn't skip, and I was, I bumped it <laughs> at like 4 in the morning, 20 beers in. Yeah. What do you say, kid? Me, you, a couple of cans of Pep's Blue Ribbon? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. But yeah, I think about shit like that, and that's the shit that scares me. It's pretty scary. In reality, stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Shit doesn't. Really, other shit doesn't bother me. Nothing fucking scares me. But for whatever reason, that shit gets in my head, um, and then I will stop thinking about that shit, and then think of it in other terms. I'm like, well, it's probably going to be no different than right now, just with less people around. But as long as I can fucking get up and down these stairs, I'll be fine. You know, they got those new things um, that take you up and down. <laughs> which is like a roller coaster ride. So, which is, you know, uh, to, to lighten the mood a little bit. <laughs> but if yes, Jared has it completely destroyed. I like, I like the amusement park. The shit I found funny is on like groups afterwards, people are trying to critique it like a normal Romero film. Oh, it's like, oh, well, from that. don't go in thinking you're going to find a hidden gem like Martin. I'm like, well, firstly, you think Martin is a hidden gem. That mean I would say that's not hidden. Two if you evil eyes really is more out. of a hidden. Yeah, gem two Martin. evil eyes is definitely Martin more is his weakest. Hidden. Well, two evil eyes is more of a hidden gem, quote unquote, than Martin. Every, Martin's a known movie, it in is. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But also, you're talking about a fucking film that was made for like the Protestant whatever about ageism. It, it's not a real fucking movie. It's not meant to be looked at like a motion picture. No, it's like a it's a set piece. Like it's yeah, like, like a, what the fuck? Yeah. It's a PSA. Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much. It's 100% a PSA. Yeah. Like, that's what I found funny. Yeah. People are like trying to be all, like, snobby film critic about it. 
Like, I don't know what people are saying. It's weak and da-da-da. It's not Martin. It's not no hidden gem. Like, well, first off, Martin's not a fucking hidden gem. It's a pretty known movie, guys. Like, yeah, The Dark Half, which was a big release, is a fucking hidden gem. Because I don't give a fuck. Does that dude know that Monkey Shines is a Romero fucking film? Probably not. So that would make that a hidden gem. But Monkey Shines is a fucking major release. I'd have to say one of the only hidden gems he ever had was Two Evil Eyes. That's a hidden gem to me. Not a lot of people really, whoever talks about that. Yeah, you don't actually hear much conversation. So the minute I see the words, it's not a hidden gem like Martin, I immediately shut down whatever technology I'm looking at. Well, see, I'm gonna look in. I'm gonna look in this hand. It's not a hidden gem, but like Martin. All right, what are they talking about? The amusement park, which is a PSA for a fucking organization about ageism. I'm fucking done, guys. <laughs> yeah. Check, please. Get a couple boxes to go. Like, all right, fucking Siskel, calm it down. I know what the fuck, dude. Yeah, well, today we're going to be talking about a dead teenager movie. And if you don't know what that is, it's when there's a lot of live teenagers at the beginning of the movie. And by the end, they're all dead. Forget about the prom and who you're going to marry and grow old with. They're going to be dead by the end of this film. Siskel yes. was a fucking... Was this Siskel? No, it was uh, Ebert. Ebert was the prick. Cisco, Gene Siskel was just drunk. He was like, I don't understand the kick in the Im- impaling people with a stick or a pole. or a- What's the kick in that? You want to see what it looks like when it comes out the other side? <laughs> they both were pricks, honestly. When they it, were, but those if, outtakes. If you, are- if you were to, yeah, for, yeah, the, the outtakes are fucking fire. Outtakes are goddamn fire. He walks into the fucking McDonald's and says, yes. Yeah, he's the only person that can't say no at McDonald's. Would you like a pie to go with that? Yes. Would you like cookies to go with that? Yes. Would you like, right? He wants fries on the shake, on the burger, on the... <laughs> that whole rant is fucking fire, dude. We got to do it again because you fucked it up. Yeah, because Gene can't ad lib. <laughs> but yeah. The 1980s in the science fiction, right? Or RoboCop. Okay, let's do it with a little more pep and energy. <laughs> But if you watch their fucking horror shit, they kind of go back and forth. One one movie, Ebert would be the fucking complete asshole, like, not just getting the point. Oh, yeah. And then the next week, it's Siskel. Then we did the fucking, was it Women in Horror or whatever, that whole segment, oh, it was, yeah. which was their their whole way of trying to say, like, we support women type thing. Yeah. But they're totally, they'll, 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 they'll bring up Slumber Party Massacre. And then not mention at all that it was directed by a woman. And written. And written by a woman, yeah. So they, they leave out key pieces of information to better sell their argument. Yeah, it's, I don't know what's that. What's... And then I think they did the same thing with Friday 13th. Like, bro, the killer's a woman. Who's trying to kill a woman <laughs> at the end of the film and kills multiple women. First kill in the movie is a woman. The killer is a woman. She, at the end, she's trying to kill a woman, but is killed by a woman, and the woman survives. And then, yeah, they kind of... <laughs> then they also avoid the topic of the final girl. Yeah. Because they just wanted to focus on the killer being a man killing women. Yeah. But then they show, like I said, like, Summer Party Massacre 2, or Summer Party Massacre, well, made, written by a woman. Friday 13th, killer's a fucking woman. But they'd show scenes from these movies and talk about those movies. Like, oh, you yeah, guys, yeah. can you fucking at least have a better argument? Have a better fucking case for the, your argument? 
the phrase not to get too off the the road here with where we were going with what we've been watching the phrase that Siskel said and I'm and I'm fucking being completely honest and I'm not drunk yet will forever be burned in my head the message in these movies is a very primordial response of a group of sick men saying get back in your place oh, I forgot about that yeah, I could not believe I like because this was before I was alive that these people were saying this. Yeah, weekend like what is it? Siskel and Ebert at the movies that was their show, which I watched when I was a kid because it ran for fucking what thirty years. But when you go back and watch that, the complete misinformation that they give you and their whole view on like what that shit means at the time, it's like ah, it just fucking kills me. I don't know. It might have been just staged to piss people to let's rile up the fucking Reagan people I mean at the time right everyone was all fucking like let's go back to fucking leave it to Bieber times and shit and like <laughs> these movies are coming out and they're like you know say Ebert said he fucking like or no Siskel said he left after the shotgun scene in Maniac and said there's absolutely no way this movie can be redeemable after seeing that it can't even <laughs> I not only did I feel sick I left because I know there's no way this movie can come back from that they've sunk to the lowest of the low and I'm like what a fucking pussy but anyway <laughs> well, I, I got a discussion with somebody talking about Maniac and they're saying that that there's like that's not that's not even a movie there's no plot he's like it's just a bunch of scenes there's no plot I'm like what do you mean like the plot is Fucking Frank um, has issues with his mom. Absolutely. And then goes out and kills these women and then feels remorse about it and then scalps them and has like his whole life with them. Because he wants to keep them forever. Yeah. Which he basically says verbatim yes. when he's in the studio. And he's like, well, that's a pretty weak plot. I'm like, but it's a fucking plot. I'm yeah. like, I can make a movie about me walking to the gas station and back. That's a plot. <laughs> like, it doesn't need to be fucking like fleshed out characters and fucking all this shit. A Jared walks alone at night. There we go. Up to box. Up to the box, and I buy a pop and some chips. I might, but, I might see a cat. Yeah, maybe, maybe too. That is the the midpoint of the movie. That's the turning point when I see the cat. Yep. And then this the is cat, when it gets good. Oh fuck! That's the gunshot in House of the Devil. Then I realize, wait for the cat, wait for the cat. There it is. I realize the cat's Oberon, and he's gonna follow me home, and I'm gonna have to give him some tuna. Yep, I realize there's only one can left, and I should have probably got a second can <laughs> at the gas station. Too late now. Then Sequel don't open the door for the cat because he's whining outside for the tuna I never gave yeah, him. Don't open the door for the cat. <laughs> don't pay attention to his meowing. Don't look out the window. What have you been? Okay, so the amusement park. We both liked it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And. Um, uh, it it scares Jared to death for good reason. It creeped me the fuck out, honestly. Yeah, it made me think of things I try not to think about. Yep, that's why I don't watch arachnophobia. Note, noted. Uh, <laughs> what what else have you been watching, man? Uh, not much. Not much at all, actually. Um, so I watched Scary Tales. It's like a 93 SOV film, anthology film. Absolutely. Um, and then, oddly enough, so what is it? A couple weeks ago, I watched uh, Sledgehammer. Excellent. Then I watched Things. Yeah, we both Actually, did. I think I watched it in the other order. I watched Things first, and then I watched Sledgehammer. And then later on that night, I turned on the last drive-in, and they were showing Sledgehammer and Things. 
and I was like, motherfucker, what are the odds that they were going to show these two for VHS? <laughs> yeah. Newfound love for Sledgehammer. Oh, that movie's amazing. And Things was cool. Things was cool. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a party time movie. Like, sound on or sound off. You can do it either way. Dude, I love watching... Uh, I, I like going, like, the last driving groups. Especially for shit like this. I'm like, I need to go in the last driving groups. Because here, I hear the way they talk about very much higher level movies. And I'm like, dude, they're going to lose their fucking mind watching these two movies. Oh, my God, yeah. People were 100% losing their goddamn mind yeah. <laughs> watching these movies. Like, this is a fucking student film. Like, what the fuck is this? This is some fucking bullshit. Da, 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 da. Like... God, I thought this season, this season couldn't get any fucking worse. Like Jesus Christ, Fuck guys! Off. Like, yeah. watch some shit. Clearly, you don't like SOV horror. Can't wait until they see the Corman fucking double feature tomorrow. Oh, I'm sure they'll fucking lose their mind over that shit too. They will, but they'll also play it up to like, oh, it's fucking Corman. He's a legend. Yeah. Fuck him. But yeah, so that was fun. Um, but honestly, yeah, those. That's uh, that's all I can really remember watching. Yeah, you're on that SOV boy. Mm-hmm. That's good though. That's cool. I need to d- dig more into that, man. I know that I seen a fucking wood chipper massacre in your uh, entourage there, and that that might be one of my favorite SOV films, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I've always liked it. Always liked it since the first time I seen it, and oh, yeah. uh, I don't know why. I, there's like Sledgehammer is a better film than Wood Chipper Massacre as a whole. But I, there's something about Woodchipper Massacre has a, uh, like, I don't know, it has something about it just like I, lo- I like it. Whatever I hate about Blood Cult is what I love about Woodchipper. Ma- yeah, I mean, fuck, dude, Woodchipper Massacre is cool. I think. No, I'm not gonna argue with that on that one. I am in the I am in the midst of trying to cop score a copy of Happy Woodcutter. The Happy Woodcutter? Yes. I used to own a copy of that. I. Thought that you did because I don't think I do anymore. No, I had the uneasy archive release of it. Okay, I'll have to check. I might still have it, but I sold. I know I sold when shit got real rocky about six years ago, yeah. seven years ago. I uh, sold a few tapes, and I know some of my uneasy archive tapes were in there. I might still have it. I don't know, but yeah, if uh, you're looking for a copy of that, I'll uh, keep my eye out for you. Yeah, can you? I was gonna ask you. I know it's weird we're doing this like during an episode, but can you? Can anybody keep an eye out for like Fatal Games on VHS for me? Because I I seriously want that movie. I've wanted it for years, and I can't fucking find it. I thought The Prowler was an unachievable fucking tape, but like no one is selling Fatal Games. It pops up occasionally, and um, I have that actually as a save search on eBay. I do but too. But shit, some of. I don't get the alerts. Like, I don't get alerts sometimes for it. I do. It's like Fatal Games too new, but it's like the word "fatal" and the word "games" is in the description of the tape, and it's they're they're hunting in instructional videos. I've gotten the hunting instructional videos. I've gotten the um, Fatal Fight. That too. That shows up all the fucking Fatal Fight. Dude. But I have it. My search is saved for Fatal Games VHS Horror. Oh, yeah. Okay. But I've also noticed because I've. Uh, look through it. I think I showed when I showed you this a while ago. I went to like sold uh, sold listings on eBay. Yeah, and it was like a month prior. It sold for like ten bucks, and I was like, I never got a notification. The media slip. 
Yeah. I was like, I never got a notification about this fucking listing. So I don't think I, I don't think it gives you like every note. I don't, I don't know. Somehow I didn't get the yeah, notification for it. That's fucked up, man. I think there's been a few because I got a, dude, I got a, a dumb amount of saved searches. So do I, like hard to find and um, rare. I think sometimes they'll get, as soon as they get posted, somebody snags them. Because I've had ones where it's like this, and it's very specific on what the fuck it is. And I'll click on it, and it doesn't show me anything. It just shows me, like, similar. And so I'm thinking somebody posted it to buy now at a pretty decent price, and somebody fucking snagged it, like, right away. I've done that before. I've done that before with the tape. Someone, like, I mean, it was posted, and instantly I bought it at 1 in the morning. Yeah. No one had a fighting fucking chance. I just happened to, like, look at that specific time and find that specific movie for that specific price. So no one had a fucking chance, which I think is worth... Nah, I can't say it's worse than sniping somebody because if you didn't know it was on there, you can't be heartbroken about it. You're not watching it for five days waiting for a countdown to be like, ah, you lost. Yeah, I did a dickhead move to somebody the other day. (laughs) Yeah, that's... It happens. I was looking for something to completely... Well, it's worse because I was looking for something completely different. I, like, was, like... Something popped in my head. I was like, yeah, I wonder if that's... Fanboy's got a listing for it. Searched it, and, like, nothing showed up, and kind of gives you, like, the related ones or ones with less words. Yeah. Something like that. And it was fucking Maniac Cop, the one I never see pop up, with, like, the scratchy writing, the double-layered whatever. Yep. And it was like ending in two minutes. And it was at like ten bucks with one bid. I wasn't even looking for that. I wasn't I would have probably never been like, I want I want that copy of whatever fucking mania cop. But I'm yeah. like, dude, it ends in two minutes. I don't have that copy. I don't really see this one pop up that much. No. You know what? Fuck it. <laughs> and I just sat oh, yeah. there and waited five seconds to go. I fucking placed my bid. I'm like, kind of feel bad because you know this dude sat the entire fucking auction like the whole week and was like, nobody fucking cares about this tape. I'm good. I got it. Yeah. So if uh, you happen to listen to our show, I'm sorry about that, man. <laughs> yeah. I did happen to see that. And you know what? I can't wait until I have, like this like tape swaps open back up and shit. I just want to walk into a fucking dusty ass like punk house or something with people that have like milk crates full of VHS. Like, you know what, dude? About twenty bucks, cool. On Feebay, it's going for like ninety eight, three eighty nine. Shit, like, yeah, cool. Like, dude, someone had the fucking uh, Star Classics Prowler. They were asking two hundred. Fuck off. With zero bids. Yeah, go fuck. And then up. under it, it said trades. Uh, what did, what what was it? Uh, Trades accepted? No, like, like, uh, like he would rather trade for it than sell it. Yeah. Um, and then he what he wanted was like the Wizard of Gore big box. Uh, fucking the the shit he wanted was like quadruple. Was it in, like was it the midnight video Wizard of Gore big box? It was the red one. Oh no! Okay, it was clean. Yeah, it was a clean going. tape, okay, and yeah. it looked good. But like his comment, yeah, it was the red. It was the red one where it says Prowler in parentheses. No, I'm talking about the Wizard of Gore. Oh no, he wanted the Wizard of Gore Midnight 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Was it like the midnight the, old, the midnight video big box that he wanted? Was yeah, Igor? like the, the one that's going for like yeah. twenty five hundred right now. That no, if, anything midnight video is not worth a trade for the Star Classics Prowler. Yeah, and he was like the closest ever, you'd get for the for a Star Classics Prowler would be if it was the hand drawn one. Yeah, with the rose. Yeah, or, yeah, and then he's an extra, but even then an original extra much. large Gates of Hell shirt was on the. A football helmet full of cottage cheese. <laughs> Naked pictures of B. Arthur. This dude had the weirdest fucking list for trades. There's been a few people I used to follow, and I think I unfollowed him because I'm like, dude. Trades preferred. That's what. You're fucking. I'm like, you're high and you're arrogant. And you think, like, they're like, I have this tape, and it's like that. Like, it's a Star Classics or it's a fucking media, uh, like, a uh, video treasure. And they're like, I'm looking to trade for. And their fucking trade list yeah. that they want, what they're looking for, are all like stout tapes. Oh yeah, and we're like, dude, are you fucking high? Oh yeah, it's stupid. Like, why? Why is that a thing? Like, yeah, I want. I, I have uh, the Video Treasures Sleepaway Camp X Rental. Definite wear. Cut box. Lots of stickers. Cut box. I'm looking for. I'm fucking looking for House on Dead End Street original like the Sun Video West House on Dead End Street <laughs> the the Meta Halloween yeah do you have the Meta Halloween Meta Halloween yeah no okay um do you have anything Camp Video no all right. Ignorant, dude. Tales from the Quad <laughs> Dead Zone, the fucking Scarecrow video boy, dude. Do you have Black Devil Doll from Hell, the clamshell original? Okay, no. All right. Yeah, th- these people are fucking stupid, man. So. Do you have Cobra Gang? No? All right. <laughs> the, best, the best I can do is Pizza Party. Uh. Do you have Attack of the Killer Refrigerator? No? Okay, fuck. Oh, my God, yeah. That's fucking... How much is that going? <laughs> Microwave Master Big Box. I used, to have the, I used to have the big boxes of both the VHS and the beta for that, Microwave Massacre. That's sick. I think I sold the beta. Yeah. Well, what I've been watching uh, recently, and a movie that I've grown to love a lot, dude, is The Madman. Yeah? Yeah, I love it, dude. It's great. Madman's great. I think I need to give it a little bit more watch. I've watched it a couple times, but I don't know. It's a good slasher movie. Good backwards. I mean, you would definitely... I know you've seen it before, but if you like really sit down and watch it, I know you'd like it better than Just Before Dawn. I love Just Before Dawn. I know it's not like on the, at the top of your list. I like Just Before Dawn, but yeah, like you said, it's not the top. No. It's one of those like, yeah, it's all right. Madman has like between Sleepaway Camp and like a Friday the 13th kind of burning. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't hate... Madman, I just—it's one of those movies that I never think about putting in, mm-hmm. and it's like, dude, I, this movie's hailed. And I get it, but it's like, ugh, maybe I need to rewatch it. Yeah, I watched it a few times uh, when I first found it years and years ago, and didn't like. It was almost like the night school thing, where I'm like, but when you sit down and watch it, like it's it's a fucking great movie. It's kind of cool, man. I dig it. Um, the fog I watched yesterday, just because I didn't know what the fuck to put in, and there it is, the fog. Uh, Monkey Shines, obviously, because the whole Romero thing, you know, recently. Jared came over to my apartment a few days ago, and we watched 
Girls' Night Out. Fuck <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, and and then after that, just one of the guys, the '80s comedy. Firstly, <laughs> Girls' Night Out's one of my top slashers. It's really good. Love that fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, just just one of the guys. Just one of the guys, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. It really was. I saw it when I was younger. Uh, the only part I remembered was when uh, the chick's trying to get on her at the fucking caves and pulls out the fucking the socks. Sock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a dude. It can't I mean, be that small. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, just one of the guys. I'm sure there's maybe a handful of people that are listening to this that might know. Ahead of time, it's a it's odd like it's eighties as fuck. It fits right in there with summer school and like fucking uh, wild or what's the what's the um, one crazy summer? Okay, yeah. You know you got your mannequins and shit, but yeah, though it's fucking eighties teen comedy like all day. It's so good. Um, the outing. Okay. Yeah. To all a good night, mm-hmm. motherfucker. That might be my favorite slasher of all time. Just saying. Yeah? Um, dude, I the only reason I never thought of it that way is because I finally found a fucking copy that I can see. The transfer was so <laughs> dark on YouTube. Seriously, like, you can't even make out what the fuck is going on. It's so dark, dude. Uh, it's great. Dude, it's so good. Uh, so there's that. And then Night of the Demons, the, un- the uncut version. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Trick or Treat. Those are like the movies I've been watching. Oh, yeah. Dude, I love Trick or Treat. I do too, man. Somebody posted about Trick or Treat the other day and talked about like one of those, it's so bad, it's just like one of those, it's it's a bad movie that's fun to watch and I kind of wanted, I kind of got angry. (laughs) Because like, dude, dude, there's nothing bad about that movie. The oh, movie's fucking solid. Absolutely. The soundtrack's solid. The movie's solid. The fucking premise of it's solid. The only complaint I ever had about that movie was that it was sold as a Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne movie. But Sold that way later on. Yeah, later on. Well, yeah, I wasn't. When it hit DVD markets, they fucking went hard and heavy when they found out who was in that movie. Oh, yeah. They put them like front and center on the cover. Mm-hmm. It's white cover with fucking Ozzy and Gene. Like, it doesn't even... Honestly, dude, I don't even know if I would have bought that DVD. I did. That was my first time seeing it. I don't know. I never I'm... heard of it. I'm like, wait, wait. Dude, this was like 2002. I'm, I'm going to be real with you. It was probably like 2002, 2003. And I was at like... Where the fuck was I at, dude? Somewhere. And there was a bin of DVDs. And that was on the top. And it all the whole fucking cover was... Half of it was Ozzy. Half of it was Gene Simmons. It said Trick or Treat. And I read the back of it. I'm like, this has to be. Never heard of the fucking movie. Thankfully, when I put it in, I liked the movie. I'm like, okay, Ozzy was in there for like less than five minutes. Less than two. Less than two. And like, Gene Simmons is not wearing his makeup. Nothing has to do with Kiss. And he's a fucking disc jockey. This was like way after I seen the movie. I'm like, they lied to me. But thank God they did, because I wouldn't have bought the movie unless they would have fucking lied. Like, this is incredible. This is awesome. Like, 
See, dude, the fucking... Uh, here's the thing. When I look through movies, especially like DVD and shit, I'm horrible with... I don't, like, pick shit up and read the back. I go almost strictly off of name recognition. And if I don't recognize the name of something I know, then that cover art better grab me. If the cover art doesn't grab me... If the cover art grabs me and I don't know what the fuck it is, I will pick it up, flip it over, and start reading some shit. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't, then I'm just flicking right past you. So, like, those, like, late 90s, early 2000s DVD releases where instead of using, you know, the fucking original art for shit, they decided to get dumb, like they did with Trick or Treat. Yeah. I probably would've, I yeah, I probably would've actually grabbed it based off the name. But I probably would've skimmed right fucking past it. Yeah, the only reason I bought it was because Ozzy and Gene was on the front. And it, honestly, if when I was younger, I, don't, I probably would have just... I wouldn't even cared about those two be on the front. Oh, I did. I would have been like, fuck. I, don't I mean, I think fuck. the only reason that was that was there was because the Osbournes was the biggest TV show in the fucking country at that time. So anything that said Ozzy Osbourne, like, people were just buying it. I remember clearly that that was... Fucking people that didn't give a fuck about anything all of a sudden like Ozzy. That was the most annoying time of my life because I hailed Diary of the Madman as the greatest album of all time. Still at that time, I'm like, you can't fuck with that record. When like Slipknot was huge, I'm like, Diary of a Madman is fucking amazing. Like, what the fuck? And I was uncool because it was old. It was old music from like the 80s. I'm like, so? I'm like, it's fucking eons better. And then you go to OzFest and, and like... You see all these new metal bands, but who's headlining is fucking Ozzy. What does he open with? Fucking Believer. You're like, motherfucker, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, dude, so fuck those people and fuck the Osbournes. I mean, it was kind of cool for what it was for like five minutes. It was like cute, almost like TGIF. First time it was said on air in 1964, it was cute for about five minutes. But that's it. That's how the Osbournes were. It was cute <laughs> for five minutes, but after like... The fourth season, I'm like, fuck this. Like, I can't do it anymore. Like, <laughs> but yeah, dude. So, also like like those like, like those early 2000s fucking DVDs, Sleepaway Camp. If they just would have used the fucking knife through the shoe, on the DVD, what they use for the standalone DVD? It was just the green and red said Sleepaway Camp with like a kind of in the background just had like trees. You gave it to me. It was still wrapped in plastic. You're like, oh, dude, I got a fucking, like... <laughs> I remember I, Like, that. we first started hanging out, and I'm like, dude, yeah, like, I, I need, you know, I don't have fucking the... Like, Sleepaway Camp's great, because we, we were talking, like, you've seen the end of Sleepaway Camp, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, dude, absolutely. I was like, dude, I need to grab that movie. Like, I never owned it. And uh, you were like, oh, dude, I got a copy upstairs, dude. And it was, like, some independent cheap made ass DVD that I still have it's got on the back it's just Angela screaming just the face blown up the cover the whole back of it <laughs> and the front of it just says sleepaway camp in red and green with like trees behind it and like a lake at the bottom and I'm like okay and I watched it for like two weeks on my Playstation 2 when we first like <laughs> I didn't even have a DVD player of like, like sleepaway camp again dude fuck it yeah cause I think at that point we had uh the survival kit. You did. You had the first aid kit, yeah. Yeah. And then I pro- we probably got that at fucking uh, some fucking like Dollar Tree, Dollar General, whatever the fuck one sells DVDs. Yeah. I found the Boogeyman at C- Rite Aid, CBS. 
I always glance at those fucking like off like oddball stores that have DVDs, or not even oddball. They're normal ass stores like like fucking drug stores and shit. They oh, have yeah, movies. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm gonna check because sometimes they get some weird ass fucking shit that you wouldn't think they would have. Oh yeah. Well, this was when the the boogie, the shitty boogeyman came out. Like, oh, yeah. who was in this? Sarah Michelle Geller or some shit? I can't remember. Okay. I forgot right? about that, though. So I'm looking through the DVDs because I'm, like, waiting in line. I see Boogeyman. And it's a weird Boogeyman and Return of Boogeyman. That's where the fucking nightmare starts because I actually watched Return of Boogeyman. I'm like, oh, this is the 81, which I had seen before. Five bucks. I'm like, how in the fuck, what are the odds you find Boogeyman 1980 for $5 at Rite Aid? Fucking stoked. I was like, yeah. Dude, honestly, that's some genius. A movie's coming out that has the same name, mm-hmm. and you have the rights to the another movie that has that name, just release it. You'll get people to buy it because they're dumb. The fog alone, like that's people will buy your movie because they think they're buying the new one. <laughs> yeah, but here's me, the remake of the fog from '05, and I'm buying Fog 1981, like apps for five dollars because they're hoping I buy it on accident, thinking it's Fog 2005. Like, dude, they fucking okay. Firstly, when those DVDs came out, they made the original Fog cover. I should say they made the remake Fog cover look just like the original Fog cover. Yes. So when you're at like Best Buy, when they actually had a selection of movies, and you're flipping through, and you're like, oh, shit, the Fog. And you don't think to like read the back. Oh, I always read the back. <laughs> oh, that's the first thing I knew was that, that old like wrist flip boy. I think I accidentally bought the remake of the Fog. <laughs> Someone gave it to me. Luckily, I didn't buy it on accident. Because, like, yeah, because it's just, it looks... Kind of vintage. the cover I have is it's exactly like, like the fog, and it says the fog. I could hold both of them next to each other. I think the only difference is one has one's green, and one's blue. The, the green one's the remake, the blue one's the original. Yes, but other than that, the covers look identical. Yeah, yeah. There's someone selling the fog remake on VHS for like sixty dollars. And it's panned back. I'm not even kidding. I knew what time it was. I have the movie. I have the one with Jamie Lee Curtis on the front. Like the old Embassy original fucking boy, right? This motherfucker. I was like, oh, the fog? I'm like, 60 fucking dollars. And I clicked on him. I'm like, that's the 2005 one. Fuck you. And that's the kid from like the, the Friday the 13th reboot. That was like his first movie. It's like a fucking love story and shit. Fuck off, man. That that fog remake was terrible. But the original is one of the greatest movies of all time, dude. Original's fun great. Yeah, the score and just the cast. There's no fog out there. I'd like to meet her. I've seen her in a supermarket. You would like to meet her. <laughs> I've got shit faced with those guys many times and we've never been too drunk we couldn't make it back to shore. Check for the Coast Guard. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis gets in my car, give her a sip of my beer, and we end up in bed. It's that easy. Take notes. <laughs> the Atkins diet. <laughs> yeah, the Atkins <laughs> the diet. The real Atkins diet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We're getting... Dude, 
I had fun fucking chopping it up with you on this episode, but uh, definitely check out Night School, guys. I think it's on YouTube for free, so there you go. Yeah, man, if you like uh, you like 80 slashers, you like giallos, I think you should dig uh, Night School. It's basically a fucking American giallo. It's great. It's fucking got that feel, got that grittiness to it. Yep. It's got the killer look. Touch the feel of cotton. <laughs> Snuggle fresh, brother. It's, it is the fabric of our lives. <laughs> We just don't know yet. And so are the days of our lives. Like sands through an hourglass. Yeah, the young and the restless. So we restocked our Keep Gore Cheap shirts. They were sold out, almost all of them. Um, we don't seem to have petite people listening to our show that wants our shirts. Uh, well, half of the people who talk into these mics is the furthest from petite. <laughs> so I probably don't appeal to the petite uh, demographic out there. We sold out of everything but Smalls. <laughs> hey, man. Sew two of them together. I'll buy one. I was like doing inventory. We're like, fuck, man. We sold out of everything. Had an order come in. When we are like, somehow it, our shit got fucked up. Had, had to fix that. And I'm like, well, fuck. What's we got? And I'm like, okay, we're out of this. We have one of this. Out of that. Out of that. Still fully stocked on Smalls. Hey, man. Does anyone have any fucking babies or anything? Like... <laughs> do we have any kids? Maybe you, you can. Uh, what are they? What are that? What's that called? Swaddling? You swaddle yeah, them you into swaddle a swaddle them in a, in a burnt keep off or cheap shirt. Yeah, absolutely. Swaddle your fucking uh, babies with our shirts. <laughs> swaddle your babies. <laughs> I don't fucking know how that works, dude. <laughs> Suffocate your children with our attire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did yeah. not tell you to do that. By the way, <laughs> disclaimer. But we have restocked. They are available. All sizes. You know, only one shape. That shape is t-shirt. Uh, but yeah, so uh, hit us up. Pick one up. Koozies too. Yeah, actually, yeah, we still do have koozies left. Yeah. If you like to keep gore cheap and you want to let people know about it. Keep gore cheap, keep beer cold. Uh, yeah, pick one of those guys up. Those mamma jammas. Absolutely. But I think uh, that's all I got to add to this. That's all I got, man. I think we are done, guys. We'll see you next time. All right, see you guys. Later.